1: and a secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard
0: against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
1: The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth.
2: Welcome to Veritas. Headline
0: edition July 8, 1947.
1: Please, make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making our truth journey a reality. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. And have you seen our sponsors page? This is a great way to help Veritas while you advertise your product or service. And for the listeners to also know that it is our members and sponsors who make possible that we release one segment of every show for free so please visit our website and support our sponsors and in addition to MMS a USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material we have added 100% organic phyto vitamins if you're taking the big brand multivitamins you are taking a chemical cocktail click on the phyto vitamins link on our website and really feel the difference. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com The truth that aliens exist is only the beginning. They are connected to our world, to humanity and they are contacting the people of Earth today. They share warnings about a possible future in which our existence as a species is at risk. Why are the aliens' messages so important to all of us now? Why are the Hopi so important to the future of our planet? Do extraterrestrial alien contacts tie in with ancient cultures of indigenous people from around the world? For this and much more miriam delicato is tonight's special guest right now on veritas since childhood miriam delicato has been in touch with the other worlds and energies of life beyond our earth's dimension during a physical encounter in 1988 with tall blonde extraterrestrials miriam was given insight and information from these beings regarding who human beings really are and the purpose of life on planet Earth. With this deep understanding of the creation of life, she began contacting indigenous people around the world, understanding the sacred spiritual fabric of life that the indigenous still connect with through their ceremonies are holding the world in balance. Their role is critical to the future of our planet as we transition to the future of this planet. Miriam is also the executive director of the Great Gathering of Humanity, which has been created with the understanding that we are all one people, the people of Earth. And to learn more about Miriam Delicato and her work, visit her websites at thegreatgathering.org and bluestarprophecy.com. And directly from Northern British Columbia, I'm privileged to have with me as my special guest, Miriam Delicato, for the first time in Veritas. Hello, Miriam, and welcome. How are you?
2: I'm very well, and I'm very pleased to, to be here on the show with you, Mel. Uh, I've admired the work that you've done for a long time, so it's, um, it's wonderful that I have this opportunity to talk with you today. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you for your kind words, and it's been a long time that we've been preparing to, to have you on, and first of all, I appreciate that you have done this in a very short notice, so I look forward to our discussion tonight. But Miriam, beyond what I read on your bio, I know a lot of people know you, but I'm curious to know a little bit more about Miriam Delicato, what what happened with you throughout life that has put you where you are today in this path of informing, of teaching, of educating and enlightening people?
2: Well, it's interesting, you know. Thinking back to my childhood, my to my earliest years in life, and I think, you know, I, uh, you know, in my process of spiritual growth, because we've all been going through a process of spiritual growth on the planet and individually. Looking back at childhood can be very, very beneficial, I think, for anyone. And when I do that, I look back to being a very young child who had a, a difficult upbringing for many reasons. And even at the age of, you know, 11, 12 years old, would tell people, they would say, don't you you hate your life? Don't you want a different life? And even at 12 years old, I would say to them, no, because every experience that I have is making me who I am today. And if I changed any of it, it would make me into someone else. And I love who I am. So I think that this process of, you know, growing into this, this work that I'm doing currently has always been present in my life. And it's in a, it's in a a state where it's constantly growing and shifting and changing. And I, I believe that as human beings, that is what we are here to do is to shift and grow and have greater understanding. So how did this come about in my life? I've always had a nature to um, care for people. For example, when I was in school as a child, again, going back to that, I would always be friends with anyone who would be friends with me. And you know, there's always the clicky group. They were the only ones that I could never relate to. Everyone else, um, especially the underdogs, were my best friends. And I would always, you know, stand up for them and defend them and be there for them and support them emotionally. Um, And I remember this very clearly about my my youth. But as I got older, when I was 22 in 1988, having um, a very profound spiritual experience, with beings of another world, um, tall, blonde haired blue-eyed extraterrestrials. That was the catalyst, and the final. That was the, that. I wouldn't say the final. I shouldn't say that. It was the catalyst to throw me into this work, and so it's been quite a journey. I'm 47 years old um, as of today, and uh, still growing into that into that um, position of being a teacher, being someone who just shares insights and in, from my life on a personal level to to hopefully be able to share something of value for the next person that comes along.
1: Can you share more of the experience you had in 1988 with the Tolblon extra
2: I've talked about this a lot in past interviews and if anyone out there is listening and really wants a lot of detail, There's quite a few interviews that are out there on the Internet that they could listen to. Um, But in a nutshell, what happened was I was just a normal 22-year-old, you know, living life. And I had recently moved to the city a couple of years prior. And I made a journey back home to my small, um, the small town I live in in northern British Columbia. I went and took a journey there. And on the return, we um, there was five of us in the car, four adults and a child. And we were followed by big balls of bright white light, which for the longest time we thought was a truck or something that was following us. But these lights would act erratically, like if there was no logic to it, um, they would fall back. They would, you know, when when we would um, pass another car or go through a town, they would all of a sudden seem to appear out of nowhere. This went on for hours. And after a period of time, we, um, you know, we saw these lights again, just all of a sudden out of nowhere appear and the next moment, the car was pulled over on the side of the road. Um, the other three adults in the car and the child looked like they were in a state of, um, you know, just... Uh, uh, it looked like they were almost asleep And in the car. And I was the only one that seemed to be awake. And I saw a craft in front of me, on, in front of the car, and I saw the big balls of light at the back light coming from every direction and then these beings came and took me by the hand. Small, I would not call them greys just because of the generalized description of greys that's out there in the public but they were small beings um, that were maybe about four, four and a half feet high something around yeah, maybe four, four and a half feet high and uh, um, big black eyes that were not slanted but round they took me by the hand to another larger craft where in the doorway these tall blonde haired blue eyed extraterrestrials were and what was interesting is that my first thought upon laying eyes, you know, seeing them my eyes looked up and I the first thought that I had was what are you doing here, why won't you leave me alone so that's where the journey really begins because the following three hours a great deal of um, what we call in this field downloads and information took place. And there was, it was like accessing information on a spiritual level of possible futures um, that would be coming to the earth and looking at our past history as human beings. It was very, very, very interesting. And it took me years to process that. And I think, in reality, I, in, if I had to be honest, I'm still processing it because it was so much, and that was 25 years ago.
1: You know, when I hear these stories of extraterrestrial beings or interdimensional beings communicating with with people like you, I sometimes wonder why it is that the and we'll get into the disclosure with a big D why it hasn't happened and why the power structure. Cannot allow that to happen. Why is it that these more advanced, and I have to assume, presume that these are more advanced that we are here. Mm -hmm. Why haven't they made their presence known more publicly?
2: That is actually a spiritual question. And it's a very profound question. Going back to this 25 years ago, you know, I'd like to take Take the listener back, especially those people who are older, and go back to 1988. Go go back to 1980. Take their mind back to 1980, 1975, and ask themselves something. In your daily life during that time, did you think about extraterrestrials? Was that anywhere even close to being present in your mind? or in your thoughts, or in your daily life at that time? And was talk about spirituality at the forefront of people's um, thinking? Uh, Was it in advertising? Was it in uh, their daily lives? Really think about that question that I'm asking the listeners to think about. Because back in 1988, after I'd had this experience... I remember very clearly telling, for example, my family and the closest people around me, I said, One day in the future, we will realize that every last aspect of life itself, in some form or another, relates to these extraterrestrials. Everything, whether we're talking about religion, God, um, the present, like life, the divine worlds, uh, physics, Anything at all that one can think of. Spirituality. And so everything has changed in the last 25 years, 30 years. Everything has changed in our thinking and our our exposure to them. So when people talk to me about, about disclosure, I have to think and remember back to 25 years ago where I literally said these words. And this is very important for people to understand about disclosure. From my perspective, when I went to someone begging them to help me because I was, you know, I'd had this extraordinary experience and I said, I saw aliens, quote unquote, these people would look at me and they would scrunch their face and they would say, what is an alien? What are you talking about? Now, can you imagine today anyone even saying anything like that? They no. wouldn't even begin. Not, not a child, not an adult, not an elder. No one in society, almost anywhere on the earth, would have the ability to truthfully say, what is an alien? So, again, what is disclosure and why is it not happened? When I'm asked this, I think of that. And I believe that we are in the process of disclosure. But then there's also another very deep step as to... Why they haven't exposed themselves. And we can get into that a little bit further down, further along in the conversation, Mel, because it's a very, very important question to ask.
1: Let's stay with your experience for a moment. Who did you go for help at that time?
2: Um, I, you know, I read, I think I read like maybe two, maximum three books. On the subject, um, one of them, of course, was uh, Communion by Whitley Strieber. Sure. Um, one of them, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name, but I read a couple of books. I was going to contact these people, but decided not to. I, I just felt that it was they were not really keying in to the information that I had received, for example. So I didn't think that they would under, understand or be able to give me any support. Um, I can't actually remember how I first found someone. Um, the, the first individual that I found. But what I did was I, I went to psychics. <laughs> I remember going to very, very, um, this one psychic that was always sitting in a restaurant, uh, in the area that I lived in. I went to her. She actually sent me to the Rosicrucian order. I don't even know much about these people. I just know that it's another one of those secret societies. She sent me to the Rosicrucian Order. Um, When I went there to a meeting, everyone was wanting to pick my brain and my information so much, I just took off from there as fast as I could. Um, I went to, you know, I just sought out uh, spiritual bookstores and asked the people there. They pointed me in the direction of theologians, for example, the theologian society. I ended up in the midst of all of these really heavy societies, and they were the only ones at that time that appeared to be present um, that had any understanding of anything spiritual. But at that time, none of them had understanding of the concept of extraterrestrials and um, and their relation to us. They all wanted to know what was being said. And then I found one person, and from there we started connecting. And I actually started a group. <laughs> I actually started a group um, where, and we had meetings once a week. Uh, it didn't last very long. It got really sticky, very ugly, because some, definitely some government type people entered into it, and it became, it became a little scary. So we stopped
1: and then after that how was the the event that connected you to the indigenous people of the world
2: well that actually took um that actually took my gosh i am never good with num i'm never good with how exactly how many years i believe it was like 14 or 17 years in 1988 i had the experience in 2003 was when this process started. Um there was some very interesting information that was shared with me when I was with these beings in 88 that showed me the importance of
0: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full 2-hour interview including video formats Downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more. Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. To listen to the rest of the interview, you don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe you want to know.